America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day when there is a hint, just a little bit of a hint, of a younger candidate, a younger than Joe Biden at least, 71-year-old candidate from uh, stepping forward and maybe, just maybe, just maybe, jumping into the Democratic race for the presidency. Somehow, uh, a lot of Democrats are out there looking at Joe Biden. Only a very small minority, it's way below 50% of Democrats say they want Joe Biden to be the candidate for president. And that's in poll after poll after poll. A majority of his own party would rather have somebody else run. So who is that going to be? It could be this guy. Uh, his name is Joe Manchin. He is the senator from West Virginia. One of the reasons he would run is because he's going to have a very tough time holding on to his Senate seat. Uh, his Senate seat is up this year. And uh, one of the things that is happening in West Virginia is Jim Justice, Big Jim, as he's known. He is the six foot eight inch, yeah, he really is, a tall former Democrat, now a Republican, who is the governor, strong supporter of President Trump, governor of West Virginia. And uh, by the way, West Virginia is a good place to be a strong supporter of President Trump because he got 70% of the votes in West Virginia last time. And uh, that's one of the reasons Joe Manchin is looking at this and thinking, okay, I could run for re-election in the Senate. I could get wiped out because I'm running against a popular Republican, former Democratic governor. Uh, or I could challenge Joe Biden, who uh, he has challenged, Joe Manchin has, Joe versus Joe, on lots of Biden's free-spending ways and uh, some of the a more irresponsible budgetary matters that uh, actually will work against Democrats. It's one of those reasons that both the Democrats and the Republicans seem to be sort of plunging, it seems to me, so recklessly toward a confrontation regarding uh, what is going to happen with the debt ceiling. And again, I've been very supportive of Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, who has begun to talk responsibly about trying to make some kind of a deal with Biden, which he won't even consider. But meanwhile, Joe Manchin released a video, and it's a video about his trip to Ukraine, and particularly about uh, his meeting and the time that he spent with one of the more remarkable people on the world scene today, and uh, that would be the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, here is uh, Joe Manchin saying some words and expressing some sentiments that seem to me are important for the whole country, particularly for the Democratic Party. Listen. Let me just say it's been an unbelievable, uh, an un unbelievable meetings that we've been able to have in a visit to see up front, person to person, uh, the determination and the skill and the will of the Ukrainian government and the Ukrainian people. And it's our pleasure to be able to give them all the support we possibly can, go back home to America, be able to explain our commitment, to basically show the support that we have and the commitment that we have to make sure that we're here for this entire fight and this entire victory that the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian government. We had great 
conversations with President Zelensky. We just finished up with him and all of his staff have been briefed all the way along. So I've told him in my lifetime, I've never seen the United States of America in a more just war than what this one is. The purpose of America is to defend freedom and basically fight for the democracies that people have a desire to, to live in. And that's what we're doing. And we're in it to win it with them, and we'll give them all the support we need. Okay, that's uh, Joe Manchin saying that in his lifetime, I've never seen the United States in a more just war. Uh, I, I think that's true. In his, his lifetime, uh, not so different from mine, both of us born after World War II, and World War II was a profoundly just war. Uh, it's always referred to as the good war because what we were fighting about was such pure evil. And the evil may not be uh, to the same extent as the Nazi evil or the Japanese evil. And don't forget how many, literally millions of people the Japanese killed in World War II, particularly Chinese people. But uh, yes, World War II was a just war and a necessary war. And by the same token, when you're defending decency against uh, mass murder, yes, that's a just war as, as well. Uh, there is also this when you speak about uh, justice. Uh, there's a uh, a piece in by Jim Garrity in National Review about three hard lessons from the Dominion defamation lawsuit against Fox, and uh, one of the hard lessons that uh, Jim Garrity in National Review mentions is there can be catastrophic financial consequences for adopting and repeating the lies of the former president. And he writes, if you choose to believe the 2020 presidential election was stolen, you must also believe that there is a compelling pile of verifiable evidence that for some inexplicable reason, was never presented by Donald Trump's presidential campaign in its myriad post-election lawsuits, there were 63 of them, in November and December of uh, 2020. Furthermore, you must believe that when facing a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit from Dominion, Fox News never presented any of this compelling evidence as a defense in this defamation lawsuit. Truth or substantial truth is an absolute defense in a defamation case. In other words, this is so important to remember in the context of the day after the settlement, is that if you are being sued for defamation because you allegedly said something about someone else that did damage to them, destroyed their reputation, the very, very first thing you do to defend yourself against that charge that you have uh, said something damaging about someone is say, well, yeah, but what I said is true. And if it is true, if it, there is a basis for the, uh, for the defamation, it's an absolute defense. You not only have to show that it is untrue, in order to win a lawsuit like that, you have to show a reckless disregard for the truth. You do. 
And you also have to show actual malice. Actually, it's enough if you show a a total reckless disregard for the truth or if uh, you want to show that what you said you knew to be untrue and meant it maliciously. So if if they could even in in defending themselves against this lawsuit and this payment of of seven hundred and eighty seven point five million dollars, if Fox could have come up with a plausible basis for saying, well, we were very reasonable in believing this to be true. The judge had already said it was crystal clear that the charges weren't true. So at what point do we actually have people letting go of the, uh, the, the ongoing belief that the election was stolen? Because Smartmatic, that's the name of the other company that is suing, they're suing for another $2 billion against Fox. Uh, and clearly, what what Fox is going to have to do, I mean, their their only their only way to deal with that is to uh, basically try to make another settlement. And then, of course, they have the problem of stockholders who are uh, uh, suing for all of the loss in the value of Fox. Uh, Bill O'Reilly was saying yesterday. Here you go again. On the uh, Michael Medved show, uh, there are some uh, crimes that are uh, horrifying. There are some crimes that are embarrassing. And uh, then there, there's a combination of the two. Uh, there are a number of items just to bring you up to date with. One of the ones that is horrifying is uh, CBS is reporting that two teenage brothers have now been uh, formally accused of carrying out that deadly shooting over the weekend at a Sweet 16 birthday party in Alabama. This is in Dadesville, Alabama. That's uh, been the announcement today. Four young people were killed in the shooting late Saturday night at a dance studio in Dadeville, Alabama. Sergeant Jeremy Burkett of the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency said the suspects were arrested last night. The suspects were identified as Ty Reich McCullough, who is 17, and Travis McCullough, who is 16, both of Tuskegee. A spokesperson with the agency later confirmed to CBS News the suspects are brothers. Make no mistake, this is Alabama, and when you pull out a gun and you start shooting people, we're going to put you in jail, Burkett said. Well, I, they didn't just shoot people, they killed people. They killed people. And with more than 30 other people injured. Uh, there's also this news. The New York man, his name is Monahan. you may remember him, we spoke about this yesterday. The New York man accused of fatally shooting a 20-year-old woman in a car that made a wrong turn up his driveway, had a short fuse, and hated trespassers, according to a new report. Uh, apparently, 
there's been a change, at least in one aspect of this report, which makes his shooting at people a little bit more comprehensible, but certainly not defensible for a moment. It appears that it it was not three different uh, friends riding in the same car. It was, in fact, three different vehicles. In fact, it may have been two cars and a motorcycle, and it was more than one car, apparently. But uh, what the New York Post is reporting is that a car carrying Kaylin Gillis and her three friends turned into the wrong driveway off Patterson Hill Road in Hebron, about 55 miles north of Albany, uh, between 9 and 10 p.m. on Saturday night. That's what the prosecutors have to say. The 65-year-old homeowner, who had posted all kinds of no trespassing signs on his property, the 65-year-old homeowner, Kevin Monahan, allegedly walked out with a gun and opened fire. It's shocking, uh, but I'm not surprised, said Monahan's next-door neighbor, Adam Matthews. He had a short fuse. There was never any doubt he had a short fuse. Uh, maybe we should do something to make sure that people who have a short fuse where you're going to shoot at strangers who you have no idea what they're doing, but they're pulling up to your driveway. Uh, should someone like that have access to every kind of firearm? And then there is uh, this. The president of the prestigious Philadelphia chapter of uh, Proud Boys. Uh, I'm I'm meaning that prestigious Philadelphia chapter uh, uh, facetiously. He uh, testified Tuesday that he could not recall if he used pepper spray against officers at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Zachary Real, who is a 37-year-old from Northeast Philadelphia, is both the son and the grandson of Philadelphia police officers. He's on trial for seditious conspiracy alongside four other defendants, Enrique Tario, Ethan Nordine, uh, who is from uh, the Seattle area, Joseph Biggs, and Dominic Pizzola. They were all captured on video smashing a window during the initial breach of the Capitol building. Jury selection in the case uh, began in December, and the trial got underway in January. As a real testified uh, this week, federal prosecutors presented video evidence that they suggested showed real using pepper spray against police officers on the western front of the Capitol building uh, during the attack, though the government has not explicitly charged him with that crime. An assistant U.S. attorney asked real during cross-examination yesterday whether he pepper sprayed officers. Not that I recall, real said, though the videotape seems to say something else. And uh, then, continuing from the crime blotter, the uh, 84-year-old who was charged with felonies uh, four days after shooting of Kansas City teen Ralph Yarl. Ralph Yarl apparently is going to be going with his parents for a presidential visit. He is recovering. Thank goodness. Seems like a perfectly lovely um, outstanding young man, 16 years old, honor student, plays bass clarinet 
in the school band, was actually an all-state band performer. But the uh, 84-year-old man, we don't know much about him. His last name is Lester, uh, and he looks <laughs> scary, frankly. Uh, but the 84-year-old man has been charged in the shooting of 16-year-old Ralph Yarl. Clay County Prosecutor Zachary Thompson announced uh, uh, yesterday uh, Andrew D. Lester faces charges of first-degree assault and armed criminal action in the shooting last Thursday in a Northland neighborhood. A warrant for his arrest, this is in Kansas City, of course, issued this week calls for him to be held on a $200,000 bond. Uh, Thompson noted that the assault charge is a Class A felony. If found guilty, Lester faces no less than 10 years and up to 30 years or life imprisonment. Uh, look, the, the man's 84 years old. Uh, 30 years, I think, would count for life imprisonment, would it not? Uh, the uh, uh, There is uh, more from President Trump, who, by the way, is in Washington today, uh, and uh, he has some uh, tips on watching TV. And, uh, and that uh, he is also has some tips on something that every American family wants which is more of those Trump uh, NFTs, the Trump trading cards. Remember, they were a great big success last time. There's now a new version uh, showing Trump cradling the Liberty Bell, which it looks like he, he may have created or it may have uh, been hatched by him. But Trump and the Liberty Bell and uh, more collectibles, we will get to that and more on The Medved Show, 1-800-955-1776. Are you feeling tired? Is your stomach upset and you can't eat the foods you like? Balance 7 will change that and bring back your energy. Click on the Balance 7 banner at michaelmedved.com. From politics, from politics to pop culture. culture, pure energy, and from coast to coast, your cultural crusader. Pure energy. This is the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, there are some uh, advice, uh, bits of advice from President Trump. He is uh, sending out from his campaign all kinds of information. There is also a, a new parody that is coming out on the Bud Light situation, uh, that from uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, uh, I guess both uh, rival TV contributions, uh, video contributions, are meant to be humorous. Uh, first, uh, the front runner, uh, the former President of the United States, who, uh, according to the new Morning Consult uh, poll, is uh, approaching 50% support in a Republican primary battle and um, beating um, Ron DeSantis by about two to one. But in any event, he has an edict to his followers, and uh, it has to do with being very discriminating. <clears throat> Not uh, in the sense of uh, discrimination based on race or 
anything of that nature, but uh, discriminating about who you allow your eyes to gaze upon when you are watching television. Uh, listen to this sage advice from the leader of the cult. You see rhinos, Carl Rove, Bill Barr, or Paul Ryan on your television screen. Just turn to a different station or turn it off. Turn off that set as fast as you can. You're frankly better off watching Democrats. They are the worst. Okay, who is the worst, the Democrats or uh, Karl Rove, Bill Barr, Paul Ryan? The one thing about <clears throat> Karl Rove, Bill Barr, and Paul Ryan is think about how much uh, all of those individuals helped the Republican Party and how much two of them, Bill Barr and Paul Ryan, helped Donald J. Trump. I mean... Without uh, Paul Ryan as Speaker of the House, Trump never would have passed his epic tax cut, which was his biggest domestic achievement back in 2017. Paul Ryan is the guy who got that through a closely divided House of Representatives and uh, got it approved and got it to be the law of the land and helped uh, create some of the biggest, most uh, uh, prominent successes of the Trump presidency. And Bill Barr, <clears throat> you may remember, Bill Barr took over as attorney general for Jeff Sessions, who uh, Trump had also appointed and uh, was very negative on because Jeff Sessions had recused himself from uh, the uh, Russia investigation uh, be and partially because he had erroneously remembered that he had not met with Russian diplomats before and as senator complicated. But in any event, Bill Barr became attorney general and uh, immediately uh, did Trump a great service by taking the Mueller report, reading through the Mueller report before it was released, and then characterizing its conclusions. And uh, the way that he characterized those conclusions weren't entirely accurate. And <clears throat> going back to Karl Rove, who was dismissed as a rhino, a Republican in name only, this is somebody who not only helped uh, George W. Bush get elected overwhelmingly to two terms as Texas governor, where he was a very successful and popular governor, but it it really was Karl Rove who guided the Bush administration to winning uh, the only actual popular vote majority of uh, the last, what is it, seven elections that we've had. O only once have the Republicans actually won a popular vote majority. That was 51%. And that was in 2004 when George W. Bush was running for re-election. He didn't win a majority in, uh, uh, in 2000 uh, when he won the presidency the first time. And, of course, Trump uh, never won a majority in 2016. And then there were all those losses, two to Barack Obama, uh, Barack Obama and two uh, to Bill Clinton. So, again, you're going to attack... Karl Rove, who has helped the Republican Party have their only win since 1988, 
their only majority win with a majority of the electoral vote. Uh, there's also that um, uh, Ron DeSantis, and, and this having to do with men playing women's sports, and this is a parody of the old Bud Light Real Men of Genius commercials, but this one uh, takes aim at transgender female athletes, including uh, Leah Thomas, the uh, infamous or famous swimmer, and uh, Cece Telfer, among others. Uh, listen, clip 28. Team DeSantis presents... Real man of women's sports. Today, we recognize the men who've hacked the system. Hacked the system. Once mediocre in the men's division, now cream of the crop in the women's. From mediocre to champion. You couldn't cut it with the boys, so you pushed women off the podium. Real man, still first place. Because without you, sports would be fair. Without you, women's sports would be for, well, women. Okay, this is one of those social issue. Uh, <laughs> one of those social issues where I I do think that uh, most of the polling indicates that there is a very strong majority of people who uh, do question the idea that people who are biologically male should participate in women's sports. Uh, but uh, does this? Um, uh, actually, a score points for uh, for Ron DeSantis. I mean, one of the problems here. Th there's uh, this report from Hotline, and uh, Hotline actually lead with this report. They uh, say Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was met with a lukewarm response from lawmakers during his visit to uh, Washington D.C. On Tuesday, yesterday, the latest sign that his shadow presidential campaign is struggling out of the gates. Right after attending the meeting with DeSantis, uh, Representative Lance Gooden, a Republican from Texas, endorsed former President Donald Trump. And Representative John Rutherford, a uh, uh, Republican representative from, uh, from DeSantis' own Florida, also endorsed Trump. And uh, Representative Brian Mast, another Republican from Florida, said he will follow suit. DeSantis made time to have long conversations with every member who wanted to talk to him, every member of Congress, every Republican, according to attendees. He is set to return to the nation's capital Friday, a couple of days, to address a conference at the Conservative Heritage Foundation before leaving to Austin, Texas for an event. The uh, Florida governor has done little to maintain his congressional relationships since he exited Congress in 2018. He left Congress in order to run for governor, of course. Uh, and uh, Representative Laurel Lee of Florida, uh, she is the 15th district, did endorse uh, President uh, Governor DeSantis for president. Um, okay. Why would President Trump want uh, to personally attend the uh, trial coming up uh, next week of a, a, a very well-known writer who has accused him of rape? We will get to that riddle and much more coming up on The Medved Show.
And on the Michael Medved show, uh, Trump uh, news from uh, uh, Truth, Truth Social and, and elsewhere. Uh, President Trump has released a second edition of his NFT trading cards. Uh, they were released yesterday. And uh, despite bragging about making $4.6 million, uh, the actual value of the cards dropped significantly, apparently. Uh, Trump made that money, by the way, <clears throat> for himself. It was not for the campaign. The, the money was not uh, an effort to, to raise money. That's uh, what the solicitations you get. And, uh, and again, there are, <laughs> there are a great many of those that come out all the time asking for contributions. Uh, these cards are more of an investment, and uh, of course they benefit the former president. The former president announced uh, yesterday that he was selling another series of the NFT trading cards similar to the ones he released past December. Actually, I think these are much more handsome. I am pleased to inform you that due to the great success of my previously launched digital trading cards, we're doing it again, Series 2 available right now, Mr. Trump wrote on his social media platform. And oh, here's one. This is one you've got to have in, in your home. I, I guess you can... Put these, Jeremy. Do you know how large the trading cards are? Or you can blow them up to be as large as you want. There's one where it takes the famous image of George Washington from uh, Washington crossing the Delaware, that monumental painting by Emanuel Leutze, and it shows President Trump drawn as uh, 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 George Washington. And he's captaining a boat and looking through a spyglass toward the other shore with the American flag behind him. But it is not the 13-star uh, American flag. It's uh, the uh, full 50-star American flag. And then there's another one that shows him as a chess piece, as a king, where he has a crown on his head and uh, a... a um, uh, instead of uh, sort of little jewels on top of the crown, each point of the crown has uh, the letter T. And he also has the letter T down his front, and he's holding a flag, and he's holding a globe in one hand. And you can acquire all of these cards. You may remember the previous cards. He was shown as a cowboy. He was shown as a superhero. Okay, uh, that... That's there's more in the superhero. Wait a minute. Series two is already sold out. Holy cow. Join the Trump card community by clicking below to subscribe. You acknowledge to receive marketing emails from collect Trump cards. You can unsubscribe at any time by clicking the link in the footer of our emails for more information view our privacy policy trump digital trading cards are intended as collectible items for individual enjoyment only not for investment vehicles well how can you avoid the investment vehicles there's this investment too um headline uh, and this from reuters trump wishes to attend rape accusers trial but he may not. 
Donald Trump wants to attend next week's trial involving the writer E. Jean Carroll, who has accused him of rape, uh, but may not attend because of security issues his appearance would cause, his lawyer said on Wednesday. In a letter to U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan in, in Manhattan Federal Court, Trump's lawyer Joe Tacopina said that while Trump wishes to appear at trial, the judge would instruct jurors not to hold it against the former president if he stays away. The lawyer said a Trump appearance would prompt a repeat of the disruption caused on April 4th when Trump pleaded not guilty in Manhattan District Attorney uh, Alvin Bragg's criminal case over hush money payments to porn star Tormy, Stormy Daniels. Uh, Taco Pina, that's Trump's attorney, asked that jurors be told that Trump's absence at the E. Jean Carroll trial avoids the logistical burdens that his presence as the former president would cause the courthouse and New York City. Accordingly, his presence is excused unless and until he is called by either party to testify. Okay? And then there is this concerning the ongoing legal battle between Jim Jordan, the congressman, uh, and uh, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan district attorney. Uh, this uh, also from Reuters. A U.S. judge uh, today said that she would ignore political rhetoric. Good luck with that. From both sides, in a standoff between the Manhattan prosecutor who got Donald Trump indicted and one of the former president's staunchest Republican allies in Congress, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, a Democrat, of course, uh, last week sued Republican Representative Jim Jordan to block a subpoena for testimony from Mark Pomerantz. Now, who is Mark Pomerantz? He is a former prosecutor who uh, resigned because he didn't want to serve anymore with Alvin Bragg. Now, why not? Because Mark Pomerantz had been in charge of the office's multi-year investigation of Donald Trump and his business practices and various accusations against Trump. And when Bragg won election as district attorney, he decided not to pursue it, to leave Trump alone. That was his original decision. And Pomerantz, who then wrote a book about it, uh, resigned because he thought Trump should be prosecuted. So the uh, subpoena to Mark Pomerantz came from the House of Representatives Judiciary Committee, which Jordan chairs. Pomerantz's deposition is now scheduled for tomorrow. And uh, again, uh, Pomerantz... According to his book and everything that he has said publicly, uh, appears to be more negative toward Trump than Alvin Bragg. And it seems that the reason Jim Jordan wanted Pomerantz so much to testify is to try to uh, uh, get him to express part of his disapproval for the way that uh, Bragg handled the office of district attorney. Uh, there is uh, also this, that um, uh, there's an ongoing argument about whether 
Dianne Feinstein is going to go or to stay on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And uh, Chuck Schumer wants a replacement for her because they right now are stalled because Dianne Feinstein's home trying to recover from shingles. Uh, they're stalled in terms of needing her vote to approve some of the judicial nominations by Joe Biden. This is uh, Chuck Schumer. It's clip 21 talking about the replacement for Dianne Feinstein on the Senate floor. Uh, listen. Look, I spoke to Senator Feinstein just a few days ago, and she and I are both very hopeful that she will return very soon. Yes, yes, next one. You're hopeful. That doesn't sound like there's a plan. And would you be willing to engage in horse trading, say, over the blue slip issue, to get something done if you're that bottled up? Let me first say again, I spoke to Senator Feinstein just uh, last Friday, and she and I are very hopeful she'll return soon. Uh, as for blue slips, uh, Senator Durbin and the Judiciary Committee are considering it. Yes. Have you, have you selected or thought of who you would like to replace her? Ben Cardin. Uh, and that's Ben Cardin, who is a senator from Maryland, uh, who would actually is not on the Judiciary Committee, who would just replace her on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, uh, look, the uh, they just got uh, John Fetterman came back uh, to the Senate after, what was it, six weeks uh, away from the Senate, and his return uh, to the Senate floor was not particularly a triumph. We will cover that uh, a, a little bit on the uh, road ahead. There is also a new story, a new analysis, which actually is very important, uh, and it's uh, from the American Enterprise Institute, which you really don't normally look to for questions of romance. But they are suggesting that there is a problem right here, which is that... Uh, uh, people are trying to behave too rationally in terms of romance. Many people, young people today, fear they'll be deceived by th and being thrown off by their impulse.